Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you have listened to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. Be on the lookout as well for my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, which is being published in September 2020. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you're looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them at www.cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Kevin Hancock is the CEO of Hancock Lumber, based in beautiful Casco, Maine, and is the author of a new book, The Seventh Power, One CEO's Journey into the Business of Shared Leadership. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Ed. It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for finding the time, and I hope the weather is beautiful up in Casco. Not bad. We're we're still waiting for spring here, but not bad. (laughs) Yeah, same here. Yesterday, it was uh, not too beautiful a day. So hopefully spring is right around the corner. Right. Kevin, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm the uh, CEO, as you mentioned, of Hancock Lumber Company here in Maine. And our company is a seven-generation family business. So the company was founded in 1848, prior to the first cannonball being fired in the Civil War. Wow. And we're an integrated company that kind of does what you can do in Maine. We grow trees. And we manufacture lumber that we ship all over the world. And then at Maine and New Hampshire, we have a series of contractor lumber yards. And there are 550 people that are a part of the company that work at the company and help lead us. Wow, seven generations. So that means it was started by your great, 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 great grandfather. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you. I'm sure you lose track after a while. <laughs> and do you have any children that will become the future uh, president and CEO of Hancock Lumber? Well, we'll see. We have two adult daughters that are super supportive of the company. My wish for them is to both do what um, what speaks to them. So whether or not that brings them here to work, we'll, you know, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Well, always an interesting situation, right? When it's the family member of a long line of family members, at some point it you know, transitions to a new set of owners or or something of that nature. Perhaps it'll be in the next generation. Right. And we'll see. 
Kevin, when you think about bravery in the workplace, and certainly as a CEO of an organization, especially something as uh, seasonal, I think, in some ways, as lumber, you know, what are some words or phrases you might think of when you think of the word bravery? Yeah, I love this question, and I love the, the very title of your podcast. I think about the question a lot. Uh, to me, three words uh, come to mind. One is uh, authenticity that people are comfortable being themselves, which really ties to other words for me. One is that it's a safe place to work, and it's a place with a high level of trust. And when you say a place, oh, first of all, I love those definitions, authenticity, safe place to work, and high level of trust. When you think about a safe place to work, what do you mean by that? Can you tell us more? Yeah, I I mean, it's safe for everybody that works here to be themselves, to be their authentic self and to say what they think and to be who they are. There's a, a guest we have in an upcoming podcast, Amy Edmondson, and she talks about this idea of psychological safety. And psychological safety is this environment where people can say what they need to say, do what they need to do, always with respect, of course, but uh, you know, don't hold back and don't get overly political or overly melodramatic about what might happen if I say something or not happen if I say something. Uh, is that what you're talking about? Is it psychological safety that you think is an important aspect of bravery in the workplace? Yes, exactly. I love how you just described that. So it would be a place where everyone's comfortable uh, speaking with their honest, authentic, sincere voice without worrying about uh, repercussions or, or what's politically correct to say or not say. A lot of our guests have talked about this idea of psychological safety, and I'm wondering from your perspective, Kevin, you know, are there one or two things that you do as the CEO of the firm to set the tone for psychological safety? Because oftentimes it starts at the top and people will do what their boss does. Is there something you say or something you do that helps create this impression of safety in the workplace? I think uh, two things. First is for me to try to be authentic myself and transparent and really open with my own feelings or really open about my own shortcomings. I like to talk about things I didn't do right as often as I would want to talk about things that I did do right. So that kind of gives permission for others to do the same. And then the second part of it, uh, which is really more important than my talking, is my listening. I really believe that for a work culture to be safe, the leaders need to learn to listen for understanding, not judgment that when someone speaks, we're not going to think about what was said in terms of right or wrong. It's just seeking to understand that person's perspective. Well, you've identified a couple of words that I think many of our listeners can relate to. You know, one is this ability for all leaders, whether it's a senior leader or mid-level leaders, to talk about how something makes them feel. And a lot of people, I think, in the workplace worry about quote-unquote feelings, because they might think that people interpret them as a sign of weakness or emotion. 
And oftentimes things impact us in different ways and they make us feel good or they don't make us feel good. But, you know, feelings and how something makes you feel, I think, is super important in the workplace. Would you agree? I would. It's really all about bringing uh, humanity into the workplace. You know, I think there was a time historically where we all kind of checked our feelings and our identity and our authenticity at the door when we went to work. And I think in the 21st century, that really doesn't make sense. I think work should be a place where where the entire human, including the spirit, the soul and the spirit can grow and can be on display. The other word that you used that I thought was compelling, in addition to feelings, is judgment. And as I've been a student of bravery, and as I have hosted this podcast now for several months, it seems as though the number one obstacle for somebody to feel that they're safe at work is this feeling that they're going to be judged, that they're going to say something or ask something that others are going to think are not worthy of the conversation, or uh, is this you know really compelling feeling a judgment. Do you see that at all in the workplace or do you see others experiencing this kind of fear of being judged? Sure, I do. I see it uh, at work and in life broadly. And I think that's something we really should work to transcend. You know, I've thought a lot about what alignment is at work. And alignment is not the uniformity of thought, that really only comes out of fear. Alignment comes from the free flow of authentic thought. It's really only when everyone can express their honest perspectives and feel heard without feeling judged that you can start to build consensus and alignment and chemistry that's real, that's sticky and powerful. I love that model of alignment, right? Because as you think about what you just said, you can't be aligned if you're holding back or not saying something you're feeling or experiencing or thinking based on your own perspectives and behavior. The only way that you can get alignment is to be open and candid and, you know, ensure the wheels are kind of spinning together with other people, right? So I, I think that's just a really strong and compelling visual that people can have who are listening that, you know, alignment only comes if you say what needs to be said or do what needs to be done, not hold back for political or manipulative or melodramatic reasons. Right. I like to think about uh, extreme examples. So I used to actually teach uh, in my earlier days Russian and Soviet history. So when you talk about alignment, picture a uh, say a Soviet or a communist military parade where everyone's marching in unison, chanting in unison, and that say, now is that alignment? And the answer to me is no, that's coercion. That That is not alignment. Alignment uh, takes the opposite approach, which is the freedom of thought and the freedom of perspective and the diversity of perspective. The truth in a company or a community is actually only the summary of what everybody thinks and feels. 
Well, I love, as I'm just now finding out, that not only do we have on our podcast today the CEO of Hancock Lumber, but you're also a Soviet military expert. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, talk about, you know, two bangs for the buck. That's fantastic. (laughs) Kevin, everyone who uh, joins our podcast comes with a story of how they experienced bravery in the workplace. And I'm wondering if you have one that you can share with us. I do, and ironically, probably the listeners have heard a bit of it. So in 2010, at the peak of the last uh, housing and mortgage market collapse, I began to have trouble speaking. And it turned out I acquired a very rare neurological uh, voice disorder called spasmodic dysphonia, affects only speech with no known cause and no known cure. So there I was trying to help our company through an economic crisis, and suddenly I couldn't really talk very much. And that scared me for sure. I laugh about this now, but it wasn't funny at the time. I said to myself, what possible good could a CEO be who can't talk all the time? (laughs) Because really, as a CEO, your voice is your primary tool. The second part of that story in terms of background is a couple years later, serendipitously, I began traveling out to uh, South Dakota to the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, which is the biggest, poorest, and most historic of all the Sioux reservations on the northern plains. And the parallel connection is that there I met an entire community that didn't feel fully heard, that felt marginalized and and without their authentic voice. And when I put the two experiences together, I concluded that um, there were lots of ways for people to lose their voice in this world. And that, unfortunately, across uh, history, leaders of established organizations had probably done more to limit and restrict and intimidate and direct the voices of others than to free them. And at time, it hit me that perhaps my own voice limitations, which I'd always thought about as a hindrance or a liability or quite literally a pain in the neck, were actually an invitation to lead differently in a way that strengthened the voices of others. And so that's what got me really caught up in the subject of your podcast, which is the idea of creating a culture at work where uh, everyone has a voice, where leadership is dispersed, not collected, and where power is shared by everybody. Well, Kevin, thank you, first of all, for sharing your personal history. And this idea of everyone having a voice is a real core component of bravery in the workplace, because oftentimes uh, bravery is a choice. And we can choose to say what needs to be said or do what needs to be done, always with respect, of course. We never encourage people to be disrespectful, but recognizing that everyone, and when I say everyone, I mean everyone, has a voice. And it sounds as though your life experiences, whether it was at the Indian Reservation or that example you gave about the Soviet military, because coercion is a a way of holding back a unique voice, uh, or your own experiences all have this kind of common thread of speech and ensuring that you can always say what needs to get said. 
Yes, that was so well said. I I don't I can't really comment on it. I yeah. <laughs> so, well, you're welcome. No, no, no problem. I'm I'm wondering if there are any lessons or observations that you might have for our listeners or things they should think about when it comes to demonstrating bravery in the workplace, Kevin? Yeah, I think uh, perhaps two. One is that, um, that voices are meant to be unique by design, that every hu- human spirit is a never-to-be-repeated manifestation, and that we're here to find, to know, and to share or to gift to the collective consciousness of humanity our own unique voice. You're not looking for any voice other than your own. And the leadership in the 21st century, second part of this, should be about giving voice to others. And I, I like to kind of end that thought with one uh, rhetorical question that I think is quite powerful, and it is this. Uh, what if everybody on Earth felt trusted, respected, valued, and heard? What might change? And I personally think that everything might change. It is the one question that could change everything with respect to humanity's present condition and its future potential. Well, you're talking to a leadership coach, and so we love questions like that that are (laughs) powerful and cause people to think and reflect. And if I was to ask a client a question like that, I'd ask them to not answer it immediately and think about it for a week and then get back to me because I think thought-out questions tend to be a little bit better. But, you know, Kevin, before we go, I'd love for you just to share a quick blurb on your new book. If you could share uh, the title again with us and just give us kind of a general idea of what it's about. Yeah. So the book's title is uh, The Seventh Power, uh, One CEO's Journey into the Business of Shared Leadership. And it really is a, a travel adventure that begins on the Navajo Reservation in Arizona and ends up unexpectedly in Kiev in the Ukraine. I am the participant in each travel stop, and I pick up what I believe are seven lessons or core understandings for uh, leadership in the 21st century, a leadership model designed to disperse power rather than the historic approach of collecting it. So it's meant to be fun to read and then, you know, a business leadership book embedded in the true stories. Fantastic. And I imagine folks can get that either at your website or at Amazon.com, for example. Correct. Yeah. Amazon, Barnes & Noble online, uh, or my website, which is uh, kevindhancock.com. And people could also uh, reach out directly to me there. Great. So if folks do want to get in touch with you to talk a little bit more either about your story or your business, et cetera, in addition to kevindhancock.com, are there other ways they can get in contact with you? Yeah, they can also reach me through our company's website, which is simply handcockbumber.com. Okay, great. 
Well, Kevin, thank you again so much for speaking with us today. It's my pleasure, and I love the, the theme of your show, so I'm really honored to be included. Thank you. Well, thanks again. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week as we hope uh, you'll join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also welcome you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, Google, CastBox, Overcast, Apple, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We are everywhere. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.